Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday. Back to school, back to work we go. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Noah Solomon and Sean Altman with that Havdalah here at JM in the AM. Uh, before that, you heard Jonathan Scheinfeld with Bussi Ligani, a song that we've been playing a lot over the last couple of weeks since the uh, Siegel Levinson wedding. Avram Willig had Bishvili, Birkat Koanim done by Yisrael Amar, Lipa had B Positive, Masach Hashem, our Monday morning theme song from Mayor Sherman, and of course, Regesh, Modaani opening things up, and we say good morning. It's a Monday on this September the 16th, day 16 in the month of Elul. Good morning, everybody. A couple of weeks away from the brand new year with 71 degrees, 68% humidity, winds are west at 5 miles an hour. Morning showers with a high temperature of 77, then tonight, partly cloudy, a low 61. 
Tomorrow's sunshine with a high temperature Tuesday, 77 degrees. We're at 78 in Yerushalayim, 71 here in New York City as we say good morning on a Monday, heading back to school and back to work with JM in the AM. I want to thank everybody who came out to the uh, Achiezer Health Expo yesterday at the TWA Hotel. It was great to speak to everybody uh, in the middle of the day on a Sunday from that wonderful conference and expo. Uh, we're on the road again this week. Azer Mitzion is sponsoring us. Our uh, on-the-road tour takes us to Sammy's in uh, Teaneck, New Jersey, tomorrow morning between 6 and 9 on Queen Anne Road. Uh, Thursday, we're at Gotta Get a Bagel. And a reminder, that's in Woodmere, and a reminder that tomorrow night I'll be hosting the um, streaming portion of the Achi, of the Amudim fundraiser, the Amudim fundraiser that's going to be going on all day tomorrow and certainly uh, toward the evening when they have a lot of special guests and a lot of wonderful things going on at the uh, actual live location in Brooklyn, New York. So lots happening, lots happening uh, this week, lots happening on the road, lots going on. I'm glad you're here and that we are um, presenting uh, JM and the AM to this worldwide audience. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Uh, someone has asked us on the app to say a mishaberach for uh, Alter Melech ben Leia Rachel. Alter Melech ben Me- Leia Rachel. And your help with that is greatly appreciated. And um, if you're curious about the uh, golf ball challenge, you know that uh, Azer Mitzion is selling golf balls um, in the big ball drop that's going to be happening tomorrow at their golf tournament. And um, you can uh, you can support Azer Mitzion, the world's largest Jewish bone marrow registry, and at the same time participate in their big ball drop by going to emgolf.org slash ball drop, emgolf.org slash ball drop. And uh, right now, according to the most recent communique that we have from uh, from Ryan Hyman at Azer Mitzion, I am uh, defeating, I have surpassed Miriam L. Wallach, and um, my lead is 21 golf balls. When you check out, you want to use either the promo code Nahum or the promo code Miriam in order to um, make your preference known. And uh, that's how it works, and we'll see who ends up being the victor uh, tomorrow when we uh, get the final tally from our friends at Azer Mitzion. 26 minutes before 7 o'clock, Mordechai Shapiro next at JM in the AM. Shabbat <laughs> shalom. 
את כל עוונותינו ביום הזה. יהי רצון מלפניך
Unbelievable selection. Uh, Lote Dam Milchama, part of the Simcha Liner Project Relax Medley D from their Israeli edition. Chevron, that's Deddy. You heard Shlomo Simcha with Hatov. Mordechai Shapiro opening up that set with Hayom here at JM in the AM. Well, rightfully so. Listener Terry points out that uh, today is the on the secular calendar. It's one year since the murder of Ari Fold. Happened September the 16th, back in 2018. Uh, she wants to hear Tefillah Shalom Hamdinah in his memory. We'll try to do that coming up. But yes, one year, believe it or not, uh, since the uh, murder of um, Ari Fold um, on the secular calendar. And uh, his passing left a tremendous void and had a tremendous effect on the worldwide Jewish community as you remember. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, and AchimSingle.com, and the AchimSingle Network, and of course, in the beloved NSN app. Um, let's see if we can... Uh, there we go. All right, that's a little better. <laughs> we got our news from Israel coming up here with Galaitzal. Tomorrow is election day in Israel. No joke. It's finally here. Tomorrow is election day in Israel. And we'll see how that goes. Tomorrow we broadcast live tomorrow morning from Sammy's on Queen Anne Road in Teaneck, New Jersey. Join us between 6 and 9, presented by Azer Mitzion. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Monday's next. We say Boker Tov from Jamnam. גלי צהל מירושלים, השעה שתיים. שלום רב, כאן אופק אלברט עם מה שקורה עכשיו. שר האוצר משה כחלון מהליכוד אומר לאמיר איבגי בגלי צהל, אני מאמין שלא נגיע לסבב בחירות שלישי. אני יכול לומר שאעשה הכל שלא תהיה מערכת בחירות שלישית. אני לא חושב שצריכה להיות מערכת בחירות שלישית. 
כל מי שמשתעשע ברעיון להחליף את נתניהו, הוא משתעשע ברעיון הזוי ולא רציני, לא דמוקרטי, לא ערכי ולא מוסרי. ראש עיריית תל אביב רון חולדאי מגיב על העתירה של ש"ס לוועדת הבחירות המרכזית נגד מסע הפרסום שיזמה העירייה לעידוד ההצבעה. במהלך המבצע יקבלו תושבי העיר הנחות והטבות מבעלי עסקים אם יצלמו עצמם בקלפי. בריאיון לאלדן טוען חולדאי, העתירה של ש"ס מיותרת, אנחנו קוראים לכל האזרחים לצאת ולהצביע. ההנחה בברים לא אני נותן, זה בעלי הברים נותנים. הקהל הימני בדרום תל אביב לא שותה בירה, הקהל הימני בדרום תל אביב לא הולך לפריחה, היועץ המשפטי של עיריית תל אביב יעבוד בזה, ואם יחליטו, ואם יחליט שאנחנו לא ניתן, אז לא שגריר האיחוד האירופי בישראל הגיב על ריסוס כתובת הנאצה בבניין השגרירות ברמת גן וכתב בטוויטר לא נירתע מההתקפה המחרידה על משרדנו אתמול ונמשיך לפעול לחיזוק היחסים בין האיחוד האירופי לישראל. אני אסיר תודה על התמיכה מצד הציבור והפקידים בישראל. ידיעה שמסרה כתבתנו המדינית טל זרביב. צעיר בשנות ה-20 לחייו ניסה לתקוף שוטר בהרצליה. הוא נורה ונפצע באורח קל עד בינוני, מדווחת כתבתנו ליאס פילקין. ככל הנראה הפצוע טוען כי יש היכרות מוקדמת בינו לבין השוטר, ונבדק האם ניסה לדקור אותו ברקע סכסוך בין השניים ולא בגלל המעצר. השוטרים בדקו שלושה חשודים שנתפסו ברחוב סוקולוב בעיר, לאחר שהתוקף נורה הצליחו להימלט השניים האחרים מהמקום. המשטרה חוקרת את נסיבות האירוע. הרמטכ"ל רב-אלוף אביב כוכבי החליט על שורת מינויי בכירים בצה"ל, בהם אלוף משנה ברק חירם, שנפצע קשה במלחמת לבנון השנייה וקיבל צל"ש. ברק חירם ימונה למפקד חטיבת גולני. כתבנו ענייני צבא וביטחון, צחי דבוש. אלוף משנה א' ימונה לראש החטיבה האסטרטגית באגף התכנון ויועלה לדרגת תת-אלוף. הרמטכ"ל כוכבי החליט בנוסף שמפקד חטיבת גולני הבא... יהיה אלוף משנה ברק חירם, שנפצע קשה בלבנון השנייה ואיבד את עינו, זאת בזמן שהוביל פלוגה של יחידת אגוז במלחמה. חירם קיבל צל"ש על גבורתו, בקרוב יהפוך למפקד החטיבה מספר אחת של צה"ל. ילד בן שש נפצע בינוני לאחר שנפל מגובה בחצר מוסד חינוכי באילת. כתבנו רמי שני מעדכן שצוות מד"א פינה אותו לבית החולים יוספטל כשהוא חבול בראשו. מזג האוויר למחר, עלייה קלה בטמפרטורות. ולסיום, 17 שעות לפתיחת הקלפיות, האקדמיה ללשון העברית מזכירה לכולנו לדבר עברית כל הדרך אל הקלפי. כתבנו דורון קדוש. באקדמיה ללשון העברית מזהירים את המצביעים מספינים או בעברית סחרירים בשעות האחרונות של הקמפיינים, כלומר מסעות הפרסום. ייתכן שבליל התוצאות נהיה עדים לסנסציה שהיא מרעש, ואז יתברר הרכב הכנסת ה-22 שיחולק לקואליציה ולאופוזיציה יחדה ונגדה. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד. J.M. in the A.M. That was our news from Israel. And of course, the uh, election is uh, looming. Believe it or not, the, uh, <laughs> the second election in Israel in the year 2019 happens tomorrow. And I say believe it or not because it's finally here. We're finally within a day of this uh, election. It should be very interesting to see what happens. And obviously, we'll be watching it very, very closely. Uh, that's an understatement. Uh, four minutes after 7 o'clock on this Monday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM. Arlen Ettinger is with us live via telephone. Arlen is president of uh, Agurnsees. I hope I have that pronounced correctly. It's an auction house in New York City. And uh, many of you may have seen 
over the last few days, uh, a lot of publicity around uh, around a whole bunch of amazing items that are available uh, at the upcoming auction on September the 19th. Uh, but there's one in particular that has really caught the eye and struck the fancy of a lot of people in our community. Arlen Ettinger, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you so much. Is Guernsey's the right pronunciation? Exactly. Excellent. I'm proud of that. All right, so um, there's an eight-foot-tall wooden ark, Torah ark, built in 1946 by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers at the Displaced Persons Camp in Krumbach in the Bavarian region. This Aron Kodesh, this wooden Torah ark, will go on sale or on auction this coming Thursday at Fifth Avenue Synagogue on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Can you tell us the history of this specific Torah Ark? I can, but uh, I'll get to, in a moment, the update that has occurred since the press release was released. But yes, you're correct. This Ark was built by U.S. troops after liberating death camp survivors, people who had nowhere to go, who were then placed in DP camps, displaced persons camps, one of the largest being in Krumbach, as you said. Uh, there, these people wanting nothing more than to practice their Judaism. Uh, our soldiers saw that, and although the soldiers themselves were not carpenters, uh, indeed most were not Jews, nevertheless recognized the plight of these devastated people and built for them this wooden ark. Uh, the ark remained in that camp for three years until, uh, based upon the Truman Directive, uh, many of these people were allowed to immigrate to the United States. They asked for special permission to bring the Ark with them, and it traveled on a boat with these folks who then ended up in a synagogue in Brooklyn. And the Ark stayed at that synagogue for roughly 30 years before it was given to a small museum also in Brooklyn called the Living Torah Museum. But the update, which I'm sorry to have to say, is that when this ark was given to the Living Torah Museum roughly 15 years ago, it turns out that the people making the, uh, giving the ark uh, claim that now uh, there were conditions to that gift and that puts the auction uh, on hold, at least as it relates to that arc. Uh, it does not mean that interested people cannot call Guernsey's to try to make a negotiated sale of it, because if both sides agree where this arc will end up, there's still a chance that it could be sold right now. Other than that, it will be pending a court trial uh, held towards the end of this year. So, for instance, but, if a specific museum or synagogue somewhere in the world makes an offer that's appealing to everybody involved, it could move to a permanent location. Exactly. And, and that has been the hope from day one, to be sure. Uh, as the head of Guernsey's, uh, I've been privileged for more than 40 years to be representing many of the most extraordinary things imaginable. We did the, we sold the complete archive of Rosa Parks, conducted all three of the John F. Kennedy auctions. Two years ago, conducted a series of auctions devoted to thousands of rare posters owned by a German-Jewish doctor uh, who had been thrown into a concentration camp in 1938 
and his poster collection, then considered the finest in the world, uh, stolen from him by the Nazis, only to find that it had survived a few years ago and then was uh, entrusted to us. So we've been privileged to have uh, to be representing over the years many wonderful things. But this arc uh, struck me personally, and I think our staff as well, certainly, as just one of the most significant, meaningful objects imaginable. And it's uh, unfortunate that this challenge has come forward at the last minute, uh, but it will be dealt with. But if anyone is interested in talking about seeing this end up in a place where it will continue to inspire uh, anywhere in the world at a proper museum or institution or university or some other appropriate setting, then they are urged to contact Guernsey's. Arlen Ettinger is with us live via telephone. Now, uh, originally it was announced that this would be part of an auction happening September the 19th, an auction that also includes uh, letters written by uh, artist Mark Chagall, items signed by Ben Gurion and Moshe Dayan. Will, will, will that auction or that part of the auction still continue on Thursday? Absolutely, yeah. Those things are, are, are in, in and of themselves very meaningful, and had it not been for the ARC, any one of those lots would have been headliners. Uh, right, that's true. We even, although uh, not, re- not relating to Judaism nor Israel, we have an extraordinary series of audio tapes never previously heard uh, of speeches given by Martin Luther King, uh, linking, uh, as we see it, uh, the atrocities of the Holocaust with some of the terrible abuses that occurred in the U.S. leading up to the Civil Rights Movement. Uh, so those all are unaffected by this one uh, matter relating to the Ark. The Corps of Engineers made the Ark at the suggestion of Rabbi Menachem Mendel Rubin, an Auschwitz survivor who was interred at the Krumbach DP camp, where he established a yeshiva and a synagogue. Now, I want to tell you something. I saw a picture of the Ark. Uh, it, it was quite a job. <laughs> I mean, the, the the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, frankly, did a beautiful job building a Torah Ark. I think you have to agree with that. Uh, I certainly do, but uh, think about it. Um, although not carpenters per se, uh, this is a, a team of people that would typically build a bridge under yeah. uh, great duress. Good point. I suppose... Um, they would have within their ranks the skills to do this. Right. And Indeed, if... they to, to decorate it, they created uh, four columns uh, and then proceeded to paint it in a faux marble, giving the impression that these were much more substantial than they really are. It, it is all wood, but it, it's, it's survived the years. It has its cracks and wear and tear, but it's managed to survive and uh, we've been humbled to represent it, and we'll continue to do so. You know, I could think of a couple of synagogues in the tri-state area where this would be a natural place for this ark to reside. I don't know if you've had, because I don't know how quickly or how recently this has happened with this you know, change in terms of the auction on Thursday, but I could think of a couple of synagogues that, that might you know, want to reach out and actually uh, negotiate a deal that would keep the ark in their facility for you know, forever. Hey, you're not going to have an argument with me, so uh, when the show's over, give them a call. <laughs> I'm just wondering if you've been approached by any of them yet, that's all. Well, we've certainly been approached by a number of people. The ones that you're referring to, I have no idea, but I, I too, uh, can think of any number of places, ranging from uh, synagogues in one's local community on up to um, uh, the National Holocaust Museum in Washington or Yad Vashem. Right. 
in Israel. Right. Uh, there, there are almost countless uh, situations where this could play an important role. Think about the synagogue in Pittsburgh, uh, where so many people were killed uh, not too long ago, and how something like this could uh, be a wonderful addition to that place. Um, all right, so the auction will take place, again, whether the Ark is included or not, this coming Thursday at Fifth Avenue Synagogue. Is there a website where people could see all the lots and get all the information? By all means, Guernseys.com, uh, G-U-E-R-N-S-E-Y-S.com. Uh, one can bid if, if someone was not present here in New York at the Fifth Avenue Synagogue Thursday evening. Um, go to invaluable.com. It's a bidding platform where you can bid from anywhere in the world instantaneously. All right. And information about the uh, about the viewing hours and the auction, you call 212-794-2280. Again, that's 212-794-2280. Arlen Ettinger is um, uh, president of Guernsey's. The, uh, the auction is scheduled for this coming Thursday night. Fifth Avenue Synagogue on the Upper East Side. Uh, well, I said night. What time does it start? What time does it officially start? Yeah, no, you're right. The previewing is all day Wednesday and Thursday, but the auction is 7.30 New York time, uh, Thursday night. All right, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, Fifth Avenue Synagogue in New York City is coming Thursday night. And hopefully, or I, I'm not sure if I should say hopefully, but possibly, uh, the um, the arc that we're referring to, which is such a historic piece and is getting a tremendous amount of deserved publicity, uh, hopefully will be included. If not, then... Uh, uh, there might be a negotiated deal at some point, which will get the Ark into a really good permanent home, and we certainly pray for that. Arlen, thanks so much. Wishing you a happy, healthy, and sweet new year. And the same to you. Thank you so much. Arlen Ettinger with us. Monday morning broadcast. Plenty more coming up. Keep it right here at JM in the AM. Ah 
נכנס למקום שנכנס, ועמד במקום שעמד. לחץ ידיו רגליו, טבל עליו ונסתפק. בא ממקום שהוא בא, והלך למקום שהלך. פשט בגדי החול, לבש בגדי לבן. וכך היה אומר הנשם, כפר לחטאים, לעוונות ולפשעים. שחטאתי לפניך, אני וביתי. ואם אדם היה יכול לזכור את הפגמים, את החסרונות, את כל הפשעים, את כל העוונות, בטח ככה היה מונה אחת, אחת ואחת, אחת ושתיים, אחת ושלוש, אחת וארבע, אחת וחמש. ישר היה מתייאש, כי לא יכול היה לשאת. המרירות אחת, את הבושה, את הפספוס, את ההפסד. בכהנים והעם העומדים באזהרה, כשהיו שומעים את שם השם, המפורש יוצא מפי, כהן גדול היו קוראים, משתחווים ונופלים על ברוך שם כבוד מלכותו לעולם ועד. פסע למקום שפסע, פניו לקודש אחוריו להיכל. היו שווים פיו ומעשיו. בא ממקום שהוא בא, והלך למקום שהלך. פשט בגדי לבן, לבש בגדי זהב. וכך היה אומר הנשם, כפר לחטאים, לעוונות ולפשעים. שחטאתי לפניך, אני וביתי. ואם אדם היה יכול לזכור את החסדים, את הטובות, את כל הרחמים, את כל הישועות, בטח ככה היה מונה אחת, אחת ואחת, אחת ושתיים, אחת מאלף, אלפי אלפים, ורוב ריבי רבבות, ניסים נפלאות שעשית עימנו. הכהנים והעם העומדים באזהרה, כשהיו שומעים את שם השם, המפורש יוצא מפי, כהן גדול היו קוראים, משתחווים ונופלים על פניהם. ברוך שם כבוד מלכותו לעולם ועד.
Ishai Rebo, brand new with Seder Avoda, unbelievable song, unbelievable song. I am so, uh, so enamored with it. Um, from the Yom Kippur service, of course. Ohad before that with Peshat Tovah, you heard Anila Dodi done by Eitan Katz in this month of Elul. Monday morning, it's JM in the AM. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us. One year ago, on the 16th of September, the, uh, the day that, uh, Ari Fold was murdered, and boy, his passing, his murder was a uh, something that left a tremendous uh, effect on um, on Jew- Jews worldwide. That's for sure. I'm sure uh, the majority of you, if not all of you, remember the episode. So we remember him on this, the uh, 16th of September. His yard site's coming up in Tishrei, of course. Um, Israeli elections are tomorrow. I know that's hard to believe. Mayor Weingarten will have an update at 9 o'clock. Israeli elections are tomorrow. Who's in? Who's out? The Israel show will wrap up the pre-election situation. Um, Mark Levin appeared on the Hannity show with analyses of the Israel spying on the White House allegations. This is something that we spoke with Malcolm about on Friday. Um, the Israel show will add commentary by some American Jewish groups and, um, Yishai Rebo is now out with the brand new album, Elul, um, Elul 5779, I assume here it says 5879, I'm assuming it's 5779. Um, so, uh, Mayor will focus on some of those brand new selections, plus a new single from Yoni Ganut, just in time for the Ashkenaz Slichot. That happened this coming Sunday morning. By the way, I wanted to mention that our friends at Jewish World Review have posted an article that I think this audience will find very, very interesting. Um, I know I did. I read it early this morning. I found it fascinating. Give me a second just to uh, hear it is. Um, both the OU and the OK are quoted in this article, and there's an interesting how do I put this? An interesting um, contribution to the article by both Jewish groups and Islamic groups. 
Uh, it is live on the front page of JewishWorldview.com. Again, go to JewishWorldview.com. The article is um, is entitled, If the Lord Says No Pork, How Does He Feel About a Very Persuasive Forgery? It's a Washington Post article by Laura Riley, published today. Go to JewishWorldReview.com. It's on the homepage. And it's fascinating. It really is fascinating. If we're not allowed to eat this stuff, what what does the one above think of stuff that really looks and tastes like it? Um, anyway, so check it out, jewishworldreview.com. It's on the homepage, jewishworldreview.com. I think you will find it fascinating. I loved the article. I really did. Loved it. Uh, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Harav Zevin, Rehosevalevi, and Zechonishmas Esther Basar, Rehosevalevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser. Oh, there we go. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. A wealthy man decided he would only distribute his stucca to an individual who was completely misyayish in life, someone who had given up. If the poor man still had some hope for the future, he wouldn't give him a penny. One day, he saw a man lying in the garbage. Surely that man had lost all hope. He went over to him. He gave him a coin, and he said, I see that you are completely despairing in your matzav. You've completely given up hope, and because of that, I want to help you. The poor man said, I have what to hope for, but you, on the other hand, look like someone who sometimes loses hope. The rich man was shocked. I give you tztaka and you're cursing me? Chas v'shalom. I'm not cursing you. I have hope. Dover HaMelech says, Mikimi me'afar dol, me'ashpos yorim evyon. Hashem says, I will lift you up. I'll lift you up even from the garbage. So who could truthfully lose hope? All the time that a person lives, they still have hope. Only those that do not live have hope lost in this world. If so, said the Gvir, then from now on, I'm only going to give tztaka to the Mesim, those who have died. He went to the cemetery. He buried his money. For those who had died had certainly lost hope. The years went by. The wealthy man suffered a reversal in his fortune. He lost all his money. He became a destitute oni, a poor man. He recalled the poor man who had been lying in the garbage and said that he still had hope. He also recalled the time that he had buried a large sum of money in the cemetery. So the poor man ran to the cemetery, to the Besachayim, to reclaim his money. As he was digging into the ground, the guard of the cemetery saw him, immediately had him arrested and brought to court. The guard told the judge that the beggar was trying to steal from the kvarim, from the graves. The poor man told the judge that he had a very, very bad history. Unfortunately, his fortune had gone down, and now he was just going back to retrieve the money that he had once given to the mason. The judge paid close attention, and then he said, Don't you recognize me? I was that poor man that was lying in the garbage. You thought I had no hope. 
You see, said the judge, it is forbidden for a person ever to lose hope. He then granted permission so that the poor man could reclaim his money. The Oni found his money, and his circumstances slowly began to improve. From that one incident, he realized how wrong he had been never to give up hope. Mikimi may offer dole. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
J.M. and the A.M. brand new. It's uh, Ruvain Graber with I.A. Great brand new selection. Before that, Aaron Razel brand new with Azov. Monday morning broadcast here at J.M. and the A.M. Uh, thanks for joining us, everybody, as we uh, start the brand new week. Today is the on the secular calendar. It's a year since the murder of Ari Fuld, who we remember with tremendous admiration his passing as you remember his uh, the, his murder frankly uh, had quite an effect on the entire Jewish world we remember him on this uh, 18th or excuse me 16th of September in 2019 again on the secular calendar it is one year uh we're one day away from the Israeli elections could you imagine we are finally one day away from the second election of 2019. Uh, Mayor Weingarten with a full analysis coming up at 9 a.m. Eastern time on the Israel show. And obviously we'll watch the results very carefully. I don't know if we'll have a chance to break into the stream tomorrow. We'll see. It depends on the schedule because tomorrow morning we broadcast live from Sammy's on Queen Anne Road in Teaneck, New Jersey between 6 and 9. And then tomorrow night I am part of the big Amudim. Uh, I've really been given the the honor of hosting the Amudim five-and-a-half-hour presentation tomorrow night. So I don't know exactly if we're going to be able to break in uh, during the day with any news, but believe me, we'll start, uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of people circulating uh, whatever initial results come in, and then there'll be pr- tremendous speculation on Wednesday morning about what's going to happen with the Israeli government. So we'll certainly have that, so make sure to be tuned in uh, all through the day, but specifically for sure uh, in the early morning hours for election analysis here at JM in the AM. Well, I was joking on the uh, on the phone just a moment ago with Daniela Silver that um, uh, the way uh, the 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 way I uh, I saw and heard reaction to her brand new book over the weekend, uh, it seems she is the most important uh, woman in the entire Jewish world. The brand new book is called Variations: Simple and Delicious Dishes Two Ways by the author of the Silver Platter Cookbooks, Daniela Silver. It is now available. It's out. It is at your local Hebrew bookseller. It's at artscroll.com. We love saving you money, as we uh, tend to do here on JM and the AM. So that means if you use the promo code RADIO, you'll get your uh, 15% off the list price plus free shipping in the USA. So anybody listening right now, what you want to do is you want to go to artscroll.com. You want to go to the uh, Daniela Silver Variations Cookbook. And uh, you want to make sure to use the promo code RADIO because when you do that, you enjoy 15% off the list price, and you get free shipping in the United States of America. Daniela Silver, first of all, welcome to JM in the AM, and second of all, Mazel Tov on Variations. Wow, what an introduction. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, I, I'm telling you, the, the fact that I had a book in the neighborhood was the talk of the town <laughs> this weekend. Wow. And, uh, I, and then, of course, I'm informed that I don't realize how many dishes I eat that are Daniela Silver uh, creations. You know, from the silver platter book. So you know that that was 
that was pretty uh, uh, um, eye-opening yeah, eye for me. Uh, and you ask everybody, you ask everybody through this book and through the big art scroll announcement and all the papers to unlock your culinary creativity because in this book you've given us creativity times two. Variations showcases two ways to cook or serve each recipe. How'd you come up with the concept for variations? You know what? I like to be creative, and I wanted to do something different this time. You know, I came out with my first book, which is very basic, you know, for non-cooks, and everyone loved it. My second book had a more entertaining feel, and this time I, I just wanted to change the way we, we think about cooking. Like, it doesn't always have to be follow the recipe, look at the picture. You know, I wanted people to use my same concept of, you know, very simple, healthy eating, but like really use their imagination and say, oh, I can take this recipe and do something different with it. It doesn't have to be black and white. And in that same basic, simple matter, and I think, I hope people will enjoy it. You know, I think people's minds will work and get creative. And that's really what I wanted. I wanted to change the way we look at food and, and you know, cookbooks. And it's, it's time for something new and fresh. That's what I thought. And I, I wanted to change things up. <laughs> and it seems from your quotes and from what you've written in the book that you think this system will, will make cooking even more fun for people. I hope so. You know, I think um, I don't think people realize their creativity. I think if you're a cook, you know what you can you can do. But most people just follow and do. And I think this will really excite them because they can do more than what they expect. And it's still in like an easy, fresh, healthy, you know, family style way. I really truly believe that. Daniela Silver. I'm like, oh, sorry. Yes. No, that's okay. Daniela Silver is with I, us live via telephone, author of the brand new cookbook Variations. All right, let's go. You were about, you were about to say you like something. What is it you like? I like changing things up. Oh. I like recreating. It, it's fun. It's good. I, I like that. Um, I'm excited about this new book. Let's go through some of the basics here. Uh, what people okay. will, will, will see on every recipe, and then we'll talk about some of the specifics. Um, which, okay. which, which, by the way, is, is completely pointless because uh, I, I try so hard to <laughs> outline or to choose, you know, three, four items to pick out. But every time I turn the page, it's more comments I want to make about the next recipe. But anyway, we'll get we'll get to that coming up. But what you have done is not only have you recommended a variation on a specific dish and on each one of these specific dishes, but you've offered photographs of that variation as well. Mm -hmm. So if people are normally used to you know, looking at one picture, so to speak, they're going to see both pictures uh, with what you have in mind on each recipe. Yeah, exactly. I'm a, a very visual person. I feel like you eat and you look you know, you, with your eyes. You eat with your eyes. So it was really important for me, for the reader, to have both pictures visually because you want to know what you're going to what you're going to make and you know I think like an important part of my books is like what you see is really what you get so there's no difference for this book so what you see what you get you know the main recipe and your variation right very cool I like how it's done all right and on each one not only do you have the title of the recipe but then you'll indicate if it's a meat or dairy dish you'll indicate if it's something that's Pesach friendly or not right you'll literally give it a Passover yeah. Passover label uh, you'll also yeah. you'll also mention if there's a gluten-free way of preparing the dish or if the dish itself the way you have prepared is gluten-free which is very helpful to a lot of people these days that's for sure yeah you for all sure. you know my daughter is gluten-free so I have to be sensitive to her so it actually you know the times now so many people are gluten-free so why not give them that you know tidbit of information it's gluten-free it, it's just it's easy. hundred percent. And of course, you'll, uh, in the traditional style of uh, a great cookbook, you'll let people know how many people they could serve 
uh, with the uh, yeah. with the with the uh, uh, with the um, a system that you have, or the uh, in, or the recipe, I should say, uh, that you have for that specific dish. One other thing I noticed, by the way, uh, on yeah. that on that same line where you um, uh, discuss, you know, how many people you serve, whether it's parv, dairy, meat, etc. You'll also, in certain cases, write freezes well, and that and that term does not get on every recipe. There are only certain recipes. That do freeze well. How how does a recipe make it to that arena where it's known as something that you can keep in the freezer and not worry about it? It's true. Well, I mean, soups are great. They freeze well. Meats with a sauce freeze well. But I do not recommend freezing salads or right. or vegetables or rice. No. I like to be specific about what freezes well. So, you know, it can't be all of the recipes. All right. So all those guidelines are helpful as people just, you know, yeah, take a cursory look absolutely. at any recipe. And they'll be able to. Absolutely. They'll be able to tell uh, what you have it, you know, how you have it designated. Again, parv dairy meat, whether it freezes well or not, how many people it's for, and whether yeah. it can be used as a gluten-free option. Daniela Silver is with us live via telephone. She's author of the Silver Platter Cookbooks. The brand new cookbook is called Variations: Simple and Delicious Dishes Two Ways. And I remind you that if you use the promo code Radio at Artscroll.com, you get fifteen percent off the list price, and you get free shipping. In the USA. All right. Now, there are two recipes that specifically were used in the promotional material to, to give everyone a taste, if you will, of this whole variations idea. Uh, one of them is the sesame crusted London broil, because you write it's perfect for a festive dinner, which I think you know most people would agree. Or you're suggesting yeah. cut it into steak bites and you have a marvelous party appetizer. And that does seem like a fun way to prepare that dish. Yeah, you know what? First of all, aesthetically speaking, I love that dish because it looks so pretty. So you have your lunsbury in a slice, and then you have sprinkled over top uh, toasted sesame seeds. So you serve it as a Shabbos meal. You serve it to your family for dinner. It looks really nice. But if you want a, a variation on it, you cut it into bite-sized pieces, into chunks, into cubes, and you stick a toothpick in it. And it's great as an appetizer for kiddish, for whatever you want to use it for. And it's just it's a really nice variation on that recipe and, it's, and, it's really great and i don't know why i think that kids will be more attracted to uh, steak bites than to a regular london broil you ever notice that, that <laughs> yeah it's true it's, it's so true sometimes when you prepare a dish a different way slightly different way yeah people take to it differently yeah it's funny the other one that was used in the promotional material was the spiced eggplant wedges eggplant. it's a delicious side dish or you recommend dice them up and serve them as topping over hummus for a fabulous lunch. That sounds pretty good. It's so good. This actually, this recipe is so delicious. I make it for dinner all the time as a side dish, and it has that Mediterranean feel. It's like yummy, and I don't know, all yummy spices. And I thought, you know what? How do we change this up? You know what? It'd be so good over hummus as a topping. So trendy right now, and you'll see in the picture. It looks so pretty. It looks so yummy. All right, let's go <laughs> through your mouth with this water. Yeah, it, yeah, there's no question about. it. I saw the picture. It looks great. All right, uh, yeah. let's go through some of these recipes. There are certain things that do strike my fancy and catch my eyes. I go through the book. Tell me about. Okay. Tell me about za'atar avocado. There's some people like myself with a specific culinary background who wonder if those two things can go together. You know what? Everything. It does go together. It gives it like that Israeli feel. And I want to do something with avocado because it's also so trendy right now. And yeah. I love it. And sometimes like to mash it up with all the vegetables inside, it's like it's too complicated. So this I was like, you know what? Za'atar people like and it looks pretty over top. You shake it over and that's it. And I'm really... I'm just all about simplicity in your eating, and the presentation always looks good. So this is just falls in line with, you know, my style of cooking. 
Well, either used as avocado slices or guacamole, either way, uh, or, as, yeah. or as you do with the, uh, uh, with the um, what do you call those, you know, <laughs> what, do you, what do you call those the wooden sticks? What do you, say it again? Those boards? Right, those wooden sticks, right? Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. So no matter how they're prepared, yeah. they certainly look good. I saw the deli egg rolls. So, you know, we have the traditional egg rolls, and you have a great recipe for them. But then you have an amazing, yeah. you have amazing variation, deli rice paper rolls. And I'm wondering, is, yeah. that, is, is that more difficult or take more time to prepare than the regular deli rolls? You know what? One, you have to fry, so it takes a lot of time. But the, but the rice paper rolls are a gluten-free option, which I told you, you know, my daughter's gluten-free, so we make these all the time. You prepare them, like, right before. They're so delicious. They're so much healthier because you don't fry them. And it's a great option to serve, you know, as an appetizer with yeah. a yummy dipping sauce or for, for even, like, school at lunch. I, I send my kids with them to school. They it's see, great. They seem much lighter, and I think they just taste healthier. They're just the, you yeah, know, they're really yeah. good. They're surprisingly very good, I promise. <laughs> uh, lemon herb bone marrow. Aren't you surprised by how many people are actually using the bone marrow? You know, we've seen restaurants do it, and we've seen them, you know, serve it yeah. in a very interesting fashion. But now people are actually doing this at home. Yeah, this is all about my husband. My husband loves this kind of food. But more, like, timeish of food you can get, he loves. So I wanted to create <laughs> something that, you know, looks pretty, because I always like that, and tastes delicious. So this is so nice for, like, a kiddish or just to serve I like surprising people. So, you know, if someone comes out with a whole plate of bone marrow, you know, you might hesitate, but everyone will take. Everyone will be curious. They'll become, like, you know, like topic of conversation. And, and it's so simple to prepare. Yeah. It's really like a crispy, yummy uh, panko lemon topping on top. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, I, amazing. Agree, I agree with that. Daniela Silver is with us. We're talking about variations. Now, it, it seems like you're a thick soup person. When it comes to soup, I like soup thick, and it seems most of these recipes are pretty <sighs> – Pretty pretty thick soup options. Am I right about that? I never thought about it, but you're totally right. It's true. Yeah, I do like a hearty soup. I mean, this this celery soup, which could be creamy and could be you know light and and uh, you know it it, it could be thin, uh, is really yeah. hearty with with tremendous pieces of celery in there. And I I'm telling you, I love thick soups. So you won me over on that one. The other one I oh, like the, the other one I loved looking at, and I look forward to actually tasting it. Is the chunky mushroom soup? Ah, there's uh, there's barely liquid in there. There's so much mushroom around. It's amazing. I know that that picture just. Is oh my incredible. gosh, that, that picture is incredible. And by the way, your variation on that is the pureed mushroom soup, also pretty thick and nice. It's true. Yeah. You know what? I never even thought about it, but yeah, I do. I like chunky soup. Thick what else soup. do I like? I always say add more water or broth because they're probably always thick and hearty. Right. Funny. Right, and yeah. th that's true. And and if, and if you constantly are adding uh, vegetables or whatever you're putting in the soup, you always want to make sure to yeah. add, add a uh, at least a uh, comparable amount of liquid. Yeah. Let's put it that yeah. way. Now, why is this a good variation on the healthy tomato lentil soup? Why why is one in a bowl and why is one in a mason jar? Or is that just a presentation you know variation? Yeah, it's a presentation. You know, I find like sometimes it doesn't always have to be a food difference. Like yeah. I want to give people creativity in terms of their serving dish also, you know, so that soup doesn't have to be heated up. You can serve it the next day cold. Or I have a couple salads where I didn't change up the recipe, but I change up like how you serve it. Like one of my, I think the shaved Brussels sprout salad, you know, serve it as an appetizer in little teacups. Like I just wanted people's minds to change to get creative and it didn't have to be complicated. So it doesn't have to be the food. It could be like the vessel that you serve it in. And you do see a lot of people into the mason jars and into the different various yeah, various ways of serving exactly. stuff at this point. 
Uh, you go into exactly. this. You go into the salad. So I'm going to have limited comments, obviously, on your salad section. But the pan- okay. but the panko top kale salad. I never in my life thought I'd ever recommend or say that a kale salad looked good. But this one, this one looks like one of your best, frankly. You know what? That is such a winner recipe, and happens to be the first recipe that I created for this book. So I hope that recipe is a winner because it is so delicious. I even had I was at a bat mitzvah this weekend. And a friend of mine made probably like. Six batches of that salad, and it was everyone loved it. Yeah, it's it looks so great. delicious. And I love the very, vari- yeah. I love the variation again. The rice rolls, which works really well, and the yeah. col- the colors come out great on that. It's so beautiful, and that salad is so flavorful that it's not like you need a dipping sauce or anything. It's it's just a salad compacted in a wrap, so it's great for a lunch option. Well, you have a, lot, a lot of great things in that section. People should check it out. That's the salad section of variations. Daniela Silver is with us. It's variations, simple. And delicious dishes two ways. It is out already. You can go to uh, you can go to artscroll.com. Remember, use the promo code radio. We do save you money. It's fifteen percent off the list price. Plus, you get free shipping in the USA. This is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener sponsored digital radio around the world. The web at on the Nahum Siegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. All right, you have a lot of great dairy dishes in Parv, including some wonderful salmon dishes. I like the uh, lemon herb salmon rolls with asparagus because you've basically uh, mm-hmm. you've basically recommended either use it as uh, salmon um, uh, salmon surrounding the asparagus, or uh, you have a variation where you actually uh, create something that looks like salmon sushi with the asparagus in the middle. Yeah, it's so funny. When I thought of that idea, I, I didn't think it would work. And when it did, I was so pleasantly surprised because, again, it was, like, so simple and it looked so beautiful. You literally cut the salmon lengthwise. You roll it around the asparagus and you bake it with the seam side down so it doesn't open up. And you, you create this bundle that is so beautiful and tastes amazing because it's fresh and lemon and herbs. And it's amazing. And then the variations, like little sushis, they're so cute. Right. Salmon wrapped around asparagus. And I could see I some. I could see someone like yourself or any of the uh, uh, any of the pro and amateur cooks wanting to start a Shabbos meal by having that plated in advance. It really looks cool, and the, you know, yeah, it, it stands exactly. out. And I show how to do it, so everything is visually, you know, easy for the for the reader. What's the difference between <laughs> smashed salmon and salmon fillets? Oh, or is so there a difference? One, so there's no difference in terms of the recipe, but I wanted to show you that you can do it on a platter. Uh, and then this is great just to toss, like, top a salad with. Like, if you serve the salmon for dinner one night as a main, and then the next day for lunch, put it over a salad. It's, this happens to be such a yummy recipe. You take salmon, and with a fork, you smash it. So it becomes really thin, and when you bake it, only with a little olive oil, salt, and pepper, that's all you need, the salmon becomes crunchy and yummy. It's delicious. It's so cool. good. Uh, you have the crispy, yeah. po- you have the crispy popcorn fish bites, which is a variation, I guess, on popcorn chicken. Uh, yes, which is really exactly. cool. I never even thought that people could uh, do that. Uh, when you move into the chicken dishes, you actually have a salami Hasselback chicken. So you are combining. I assume this is some type of uh, of um, uh, chicken cutlet with Hasselback salami. Would that be the way to put it? That's exactly. I took. I wanted to do something cute on, like, a Hasselback, and who doesn't like salami? Oh, yeah. So I took a piece of chicken, and I sliced it, like a, a white piece of chicken, and I sliced it, three or four slits, and then I put in slices of 
salami and I baked it. And oh my goodness, I got such rave reviews. I'm like, I have to put this in the book. It's delicious. It's, there's nothing not to like about that recipe. That's the truth. It's amazing. <laughs> Tell me about the overnight Shabbos corned beef. Is it, does it work as well as other overnights that we're used to? You know what? I like it because it's not store-bought, so you don't have any of the chemicals. And I wanted a dish. Actually, my kids are huge meat eaters, but I wanted something warm and yummy and fall apart in your mouth you know, for Shabbos Day, and this just worked. It really, it's amazing. You boil up the, the corned beef, and you put it into a Ziploc bag with tons of spices. You stick it in the oven, like in a pot with some water, and you leave it there at 200 until you serve it, and it literally falls in, apart in your mouth. It's amazing. Very it's amazing. Cool. Uh, sesame-crusted yeah. London broil, yet again, uh, an opportunity to use them as steak bites, and uh, it comes out mm-hmm. looking really, really good there on that platter that you have. Uh, yeah, I, I love no- that picture. I noticed that. I'm looking specifically for one recipe here. I'm leaving the meat section and going now into the dairy and the salads. There was one I really wanted to ask you about. Um, it was called, if I'm not mistaken, does it make sense? It was called Everything Asparagus. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yes, that's that? an excellent recipe. So everyone's obsessed with this is everything bagel spice, and I wanted to create it homemade, which is like only a few ingredients. It's easy, but I put it onto asparagus. It's the Everything Bagel Asparagus. It is so good. First of all, asparagus only takes like five to seven minutes to bake, so it takes like two seconds to roast up in your oven. And it is so flavorful, so delicious, salty, yummy. It's amazing. This is one of your best. And it ex- looks so pretty. This yeah. is what, it does look pretty. And this is one of your best examples of variations. Check out page two twenty two, everybody. It's the Everything Bagel That's Asparagus, it. and you've basically you've chopped everything up to make asparagus and rice. So you could serve it as yeah. a, a, you could serve it, you know, in uh, um, a, a, in the center of the table. Let's put it that way, and yeah. uh, and it, that looks really good. And that was one of the yeah. ones that, that that caught my eye. Even though some people will find it shocking that asparagus actually caught my eye, uh, but it's <laughs> but it actually that's a good thing. It, I, I'll take that as a compliment. You could say that again. I'm telling you, uh, the healthier the better these days, I guess. And finally, in your dessert section, you have some, I guess, what we call variations of classics, and then you have some. Items we've never dreamt of. Chocolate-covered chickpeas. Daniela Silver, have you lost your mind? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I promise it tastes good. I promise. You know what? You can get those crunchy chickpeas. Right. They don't taste so They're so delicious. Salted, and then you have the cinnamon ones. I was like, you know what? I'm a huge chocolate fan. So I was like, let's put them in chocolate. And they are so yummy. And no, then, I'm, not, I'm When you put uh, it out, yeah. it looks great. And by the way, yeah. yeah. And, and not only am I endorsing it, and, I, and I'm anxious to try it, but it's really cool to open a book like this and not just see your classic desserts. I don't mean yours. I mean in general. Right. The classics. I mean, you yeah. you know, you've done stuff here that nobody's even thought of, frankly. Tell me about the cayenne, lime, mango, and watermelon. Cayenne and watermelon. Does it go? Yes, it's amazing. It, it gives it such a burst of flavor. I, I just try it. I recommend it one hundred percent. It is so good. It's nope. so good. And you know, everyone always puts out fruit. It's time to spice things up. Put a little cayenne. Put a little salt. Put a little sugar. Whatever it is, but it's. It just creates that wow factor in a simple in a simple way, and that's what I like. Well, you did a great job, and congratulations. And it must be an amazing feeling when you walk into someone's home and one of your cookbooks has 50 Post-its sticking out of the, <laughs> each side of them, right? And that, that's basically how it works, right? That's how, that's how uh, people sit around and they uh, designate which recipes of yours they want to try, right? Yeah, it makes me feel so good. I'm happy. I'm nervous, but I'm I'm great. Well, it must be a great right. feeling. Any early indication or this literally hit the stores on Friday? 
I think it it hit the stores. My Toronto community has not even gotten a chance to get the book yet. I'm throwing a huge party in Toronto on Wednesday night for nice. everybody. Yeah, so everyone's busy here pre-ordering the book, and they don't really see it until Wednesday. So everyone in the state should enjoy their books because here they're holding out for until Wednesday. Hey, play them this interview. They'll hear how people in this neighborhood have already gone nuts because I had a copy of it. I would love to. I'm going to, for sure. Variations. has more than 120 recipes, each with a clever variation, great pictures, uh, gluten-free recipes included and clearly marked, and plenty of nutritional information as well. Plus, uh, Daniela will let you know when a recipe is appropriate for Pesach, and certainly if it's meat, dairy, or parv. Check it out. Uh, go to artscroll.com. It is available now, artscroll.com. If you use the promo code RADIO, you save 15% off the list price, plus free shipping in the USA. Variation, simple and delicious dishes two ways by the author of the Silver Platter Cookbooks, Daniela Silver. And I would bet that uh, your Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot tables will include <laughs> a lot of these, Daniela, right? Yeah. For yeah. sure. You're going to have for a lot sure. of these recipes, that's for sure. We've we've forewarned your guests that a lot of the preview of their meals this yuntif will be uh, will be found in the book if they go check out variations. <laughs> so there you have Amazing. it. Congratulations, Mazal Tov. And uh, I'm sure it was a pleasure working with the people at Artscroll because I know that they're a great support team. They're and, amazing, yeah, for sure. And it's a long process. People don't realize how long these things take, right? Oh, yeah, this took me a few years to write. It takes a long time. Amazing. But it's so worth it in the end. It's good It's good well, hard work. Congratulations. People here are already enjoying it, and I'm sure as everyone picks it up, they're going to enjoy it as well. Shana Tovat to you, and thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for da- sure. Shana Tovat. Daniela Silver, author of Variations. Go to artscroll.com. Use the promo code RADIO, 15% off, plus, of course, free shipping in the United States of America. It's a Monday. You're listening to JM in the AM.
Sois, 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 sois,
Shlomo Simcha Simintov. David Gabay at Sosa Sis. You heard Netzach done by Yaakov Shweki. Monday morning, it's JMM. My thanks to those who came out to the uh, Achiezer Jewish Healthcare Conference and Expo yesterday at the TWA Hotel. We had a nice, strong broadcast from there with some great guests, and I thank everybody who was part of it. Thank you, thank you. Um... I mentioned earlier that Jewish World Review has a uh, an article from the Washington Post on their homepage about um, 
Let me put it the way they put it. Hang on. Um, let me see if I have it here. They have an article on their homepage about the whole issue regarding all this fake meat. Oh, yeah, here it is. JewishWorldReview.com. If you go to their homepage, you'll see an article written by uh, Laura Riley of the Jeru- of the Washington Post. Uh, is it the Washington Post? I think it's the Washington Post. Yeah. Uh, if the Lord says no pork, how does he feel about a very persuasive forgery? <laughs> it's a great article. It really is a great article about... Uh, all this uh, fake, impossible meat that is now, you know, all the rage, so to speak. Uh, so you may want to check that out. Go to JewishWorldReview.com. It's there on their front, uh, on their homepage. Our friends at the Kitchen Click have weighed in. We love Daniela Silver. All right. Yeah, that was a good interview. Uh, AJA Carpool number 255 says that uh, Seder Ha'avodah may be the song of the season, but we will forever love Ein Kitzvah. Well, yeah, that's also a great one. There's no question about that. That's also a great one. Uh, our friends at Azer Mitzion are uh, sponsoring our On the Road segments all through the month of September. And tomorrow we are on the road. We'll be in Teaneck, New Jersey at Sammy's tomorrow morning between 6 and 9 a.m. on Queen Anne Road. Make sure to join us for the live remote. We have some special guests coming up, a whole bunch of stuff happening. Azer Mitzion is the world's largest uh, Jewish bone marrow registry. There is a war going on right now between Nahum Siegel and Miriam L. Wallach. Uh, who can get more golf balls purchased and sponsored for Azer Mitzion with their promo code? So you go to uh, emgolf.org slash ball drop, emgolf.org slash ball drop. Uh, purchase the golf balls for tomorrow's ball drop that's happening in uh, at the Azer Mitzion um, golf tournament. And um, use the promo code Nahum or use the promo code Miriam. I think I was ahead by 21 golf balls late last night. I'm sure we'll have an uh, an update tomorrow morning. And I think tomorrow at 4 p.m. is the last time anybody could actually buy a golf ball for that contest. So go to emgolf.org slash ball drop, emgolf.org slash ball drop. Use the promo code Nahum or Miriam. And support the Azer Mitzion, world's largest Jewish bone marrow registry. You'll be doing a really good thing. That I can tell you. A really, really good thing. Um, they do some amazing work, that's for sure. Really amazing work. Um... What else did I want to mention to everybody? So tomorrow, that's what's happening. We're going to be in... Uh, in Teaneck, New Jersey, in the morning at Sammy's. Tomorrow night, I have the uh, privilege of hosting the Amudim Telethon. I hope you'll support the cause and uh, join us in that uh, in that effort. It's uh, one of the organizations that is helping Jews around the world on a regular basis, and I hope that you'll have the opportunity to help us tomorrow night with Amudim. Thursday, we're at Gotta Get a Bagel. Again, as we continue our tour, as we continue to be on the road, courtesy of Azer Mitzion, we're going to be... Uh, Thursday at Gotta Get a Bagel in Woodmere with a lot of great special guests. And I'm told, by the way, that um, I'm told that 
Rabbi Daniel Gladstein, who just wrote the book The Mystery and the Majesty about Elul, the Yom Naraim and Sukkis, an art scroll book. I'm told he's going to join us Thursday at Got to Get a Bagel in uh, Long Island. So that should be fun and very interesting, to say the least. 25 minutes after 8 o'clock, here's Shmuley Unger at JM in the AM. Boy, I mean, 
Jam in the AM with uh, Schmully Unger on a Monday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM. Macha Brocha is the name of that one. Well, Andy Alpern is with us live via telephone. There are a lot of sukkah products that come across our desk. And frankly, you know, they don't make that much of an impression. We saw what Andy had to offer with something called the panoramic sukkah. And I said to myself, we, he, 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 has, he has earned a spot here on the air. He has earned a conversation about this unique and really interesting sukkah product. I don't want to call it decorations. It's way beyond that. Andy Alpern, welcome to JM in the AM. Thanks for the wonderful introduction. I'm honored to be on here. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, you, you did quite a job on this. Um, the panoramic sukkah is, and I'm trying to do this, you know, in, in as descriptive a fashion as possible because <laughs> you, you really have to see it, uh, is literally yeah. that. It's a panoramic sukkah. You have, I guess we'd call it, um, three full panels or, or more. You'll four, de- you'll de- four full yeah. panels. You'll describe it for us in a moment. I mean, it's, it's viewed, obviously, for obvious reasons, it's viewed online as three full panels. But it's four full panels with scenes that are simply remarkable. Great scenes mm-hmm. of Yerushalayim. Uh, wonderful scenes of, of different um, uh, different aspects of Jewish life, uh, all part of the panoramic sukkah, which you could check out at sukkah360.com, S-U-K-K-A-H-360.com. Tell us about the beginnings of this panoramic sukkah. Well, I've been involved in, I'm a photographer and an artist, and I've been doing panoramic photography for a long time. I started out in the late 90s doing uh, online virtual tours of Israel. I'm originally from Chicago, and I've lived here since uh, 97. I, I live in Tzfat right now. I'm talking to you from my yard wow. in the holy city of Tzfat. Um, and uh, one day, you know, I, I, I've done a few projects with uh, federations and different um, uh, conferences where I've taken my panoramas, and they're already high-resolution photos, and printed them really large as banners or backdrops for events or parades or conferences and things like that. And uh, I really liked the idea of printing things really large because what I, how I originally got into the panoramic photography was through virtual reality, where on a computer screen back in the early days, um, where you could take uh, 360 images and spin them around, and it's like you're not in Israel, but you're kind of in Israel. You know, you get experience. Right. I, I like to call this unvirtual reality because I actually take the photo and, into reality, print it really large, and. Uh, and put the viewer inside of this scene by wrapping it around them in 360 degrees. So when you so are so when you are was, when you are sitting in your sukkah, therefore you are sitting inside a waterfall, or you are sitting at the hotel, or you are right. sitting wherever exactly. it is. It's pretty cool, the exactly. whole thing. I, I was I was kind of I was basically a few years ago walking up the street in Sfat during Sukkot, and uh, in the old city, and I looked over to my side and I saw a sukkah, and then the idea just clicked it, I said, why not take my picture, which I'm already printing large, and wrap, make the wall of a sukkah out of it. So and uh, it took us a few years to develop the product and figure out how to do it. And actually, our biggest challenge, like you said, like you, you hinted at, is to how to get um, what it's like uh, being in, inside of a panoramic sukkah onto the website and so people experience it, because I think it's a, it's a different kind of product, and I get a lot of calls. What is it? Is it three fours? Is it three walls? Is it four walls? 
But when people see it, they uh, they freak out of how great it is and the, the, uh, to experience. And the Alperns with us, Panoramic Sukkah, Sukkah360.com. Uh, all right, how hard is it? Uh, you, 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 you know, everyone has a different size sukkah. I mean, I know there's certain standard ones, but you know what I mean. There are there plenty of different yeah. sukkah sizes around the world? How difficult is it uh, once one gets it to to make their sukkah a panoramic sukkah? Well, basically, we make them to any size that the person or organization needs. So um, at this point, um, I print. All, I print. We have our standard sizes, so those are basically all ready to go. And even standardizing something, you know, in the uh, small niche of the sukkah industry, let's call it, um, is challenging right. because different sukkah companies have different frames. Different in, in Israel and America, uh, you know, what kind of frame, etc. Uh, so I'm already used to uh, doing it every every size. So I'd say at least at least half of ours are custom, which is that people already have frames or they have a pergola or some kind of something set up on their lawn or in a patio or porch or whatever it is. Um, and we make ours to size. We, go, we discuss with them, with the customer, exactly what they need for sizing, how many walls do they want. Maybe they want multiple images, um, what's going to look good in the space, and uh, I, I particularly spend a lot of time uh, making sure that the customer or the the organization or whoever buying the sukkah gets exactly what they need. Um, and they're they're happy with what they get. And people like to make um, interesting stuff fit into their space. So that's what we specialize in. We've also been doing stuff that we call the uh, uh, custom ushpizim sukkah, uh, where people send in pictures of. Uh, their family members or friends or loved ones or people that they admire or Rabbanim or things like this, and we'll lay it out onto a panel and uh, print, it to them, print it for them on a big uh, piece of fabric that they hang in their own sukkah. Does, does, so, this, um, does this hang as a decoration? Does it? I mean, how would you describe that? How does it fit on someone's wall? Do, uh, do they staple well, it to the wall? What do they do with it? Okay, so first of all, like let's say you completely replace your walls. It's a giant piece of fabric that is the wall itself. Okay. So let's say you have a, a 10 by 20 sukkah, okay, that's uh, 60 feet in length by, you know, seven and a half feet tall. We print one piece of fabric that's that length, and it can replace the walls that you actually have. Got it. Um, we also do ones that are smaller, like uh, six feet wide or eight feet wide or 12 feet that are sort of an individual section of a wall where you can just add it to what you have. And we also do uh, wallpaper. It's like a sticky uh, uh, wallpaper, basically, that you unroll that goes on the hard-paneled sukkah. So um, there's some pictures on our website where basically these, these with the hard-panel ones where, where you stick, uh, stick the, the print on like wallpaper, it's almost like you're sitting in a glass booth at the Cotel Plaza. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's pretty interesting, and I... I suggest I invite everyone to go look at the pictures on the website. Yeah, you got to check out the website, sukkah360.com, S-U-K-K-A-H-360.com for the panoramic sukkah. Uh, you claim here that if anybody who orders by September the 29th, they could have it in time for Sukkot. Uh, that includes the people right. in the U.S., correct? Yeah, most of our sales are in the U.S. Sunday, September 29th is the deadline, everybody. Get your panoramic sukkah in time for Sukkot 2019. And again, I'd go into more detail, but you have to see it. You have to go look at it. 
and see how this really can enhance your Sukkot and make it even more beautiful and more meaningful, especially if you include pictures uh, from Yerushalayim as the uh, panoramic view um, uh, for your Sukkah. Go to the Panoramic Sukkah by checking out Sukkah360.com, S-U-K-K-A-H. 360.com. Andy Alpert, anything else you'd like to add? Any other products you want to tell us about? Well, we have uh, one new one for this year, which we've thought about in the past, but we're getting a lot of requests for it, which is the Beit HaMikdash Sukkah. We call it the Geula Sukkah. Woo! I've taken a picture of the Beit HaMikdash model from the, from, uh, from the museum uh, in Jerusalem and pasted it onto the panorama of Yerushalayim from Haraz 18, from the Mount of Olives. Cool. So it's like you're eating... Uh, your Sukkot meal uh, with a beta migdash. I'm looking at it right now. Very, very cool. The whole concept's great. I'm telling you that. That's why we uh, we were so anxious to get you on because the whole idea is great, and of course, it can enhance Sukkot for those who are outside of Israel uh, this upcoming holiday. Uh, the panoramic Sukkah, Sukkah360.com, or dial in the USA eight 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 four one four one five seven five. That's eight 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 four one four one five seven five. How long are you living in Sfat? Uh, I've been in Tzfat for uh, over 13 years. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Send, our, yeah. send, our best rega- send our best regards to the boys from Simply Tzfat, please. <laughs> I will. Thanks a lot. Great speaking good to you, and good luck, and Shana Tovat to you. All right. Nachum, thank you very much. Andy Alpern, Sukkah360.com, S-U-K-K-A-H-360.com. If you want to do something really interesting with your Sukkah this Yuntif, check out that website. I am telling you, you'll be glad I recommended it. I can tell you that right now. You'll be glad I recommended it. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM.
with Benny Friedman Monday morning month of Adar a month of Elul rather if you're in Israel it might seem like the month of Adar because uh, there's an election tomorrow but we are in the month of Elul just a couple of weeks away from the brand new year oh in fact it's uh, Monday literally two weeks from today is the first day of the brand new year how do you like that um a reminder, tomorrow we are on the road, courtesy of our friends at Azer Mitzion, who've been sponsoring our uh, September on the road. Azer uh, Mitzion, the world's largest Jewish bone marrow registry. Tomorrow they have us in Teaneck, New Jersey, at Sammy's on Queen Anne Road, tomorrow morning between 6 and 9. Thursday we'll be at Gotta Get a Bagel out in the Five Towns between 6 and 9 a.m. Remember, tomorrow is the golf tournament, and... Um, Nahum Siegel and Miriam Al Wallach have a little bit of a uh, contest to see um, who can garner more golf balls in the ball drop competition um, for Azer Mitzion. So go to emgolf.org, emgolf.org slash ball drop, emgolf.org slash ball drop. Use the promo code Nahum or the promo code Miriam to save an identical amount on your purchase. Uh, Miriam had two leads over the weekend. I uh, overtook her twice, and now I believe the lead is about 20 golf balls. So let's put that uh, contest to rest. 
When you go to emgolf.org slash bowl drop, choose wisely when you choose a promo code. Oh, speaking of promo codes, don't forget that Daniela Silver's brand new book, Variations, we spoke about that cookbook earlier today with her. Uh, when you go to artscroll.com, use the promo code radio, save 15% plus free shipping in the USA. Artscroll.com, promo code radio. Mayor Weingarten's favorite day of the year is tomorrow. Maybe I'm saying that a bit tongue-in-cheek, but it's certainly a day that he'll be paying even more attention to what's going on in the state of Israel. Tomorrow is Election Day. Mayor Weingarten, Boker Tov to you. Boker Omar Segal. So actually this year I had two favorite days. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe who maybe, knows? maybe there'll be a third. Who knows? Well, not until Shaddai and Ted. Right, that's true. But maybe in 2019 there'll be another election. That would yeah. be unbelievable. That would really be unbelievable. I think people are so afraid of that that they're changing their vote. Just, just to avoid that. Yeah, meaning they may maybe would be considering voting X. But to say, you know what, I'm going to vote Y just because, you know, we need to finish this off. We need, we need to deal with it. Well, those who are voting uh, tomorrow, who I know, who I've spoken to, have had dinner with, etc. over the last month, I don't think I've met anybody who isn't voting differently than the first time around. Wow. Yeah. That's, how, that's fascinating. That's how crazy it is. A lot of people switching from smaller to larger parties. Well, first of all, some of the parties aren't uh, running right. anymore. Some are not even there, right? And a lot of people who voted Yamina Khadash, yeah, you know they they have to switch parties. Their votes got to go somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. it's it's election day the tomorrow. Switch from smaller to bigger is is not so smart. People think, oh, it really has nothing to do with the, who is the largest party. That's a lie that they keep perpetuating. Uh, it has to do with who has the most. In the in a coalition, yeah, but are going to, um, to, but of course, don't vote for a party that's on the borderline of passing or not passing. Right. That's. I think that's what I meant when I said yeah. you know smaller yeah, parties. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That yeah. they're going to go with a party that certainly is going to have a presence in the Knesset. Let's put it that. And way. and thankfully, as of yesterday, the next to the last smaller religious party bowed out. No, I'm. And so right now, there's only one one left, and he's not going anywhere. That's the Otsma Yudit, Itamar Ben Gvir, Baruch Merzel, etc. Playing roulette with um, the Jewish future. They will not. Uh, they will not garner enough for one seat in the Knesset. Well, it's not a question of it's either four seats or no. I, seats. Excuse me, I meant four. Yeah. Seats, right. um, I, I don't know. It's a risk, and that's right. why I'm saying they're risky. They're playing Russian roulette with the future of Jewish people. Who who allows you to take such a risk? Oh, you don't th- know. You think you might. The polls show that you might. So what? The polls are always wrong. Right. Yeah, I hear that. Uh, tomorrow, depending on the schedule, uh, we'll have some uh, post-election analysis, or we may just wait till Wednesday morning's JM and the AM and get the mayor's impression about what he had learned overnight. Because, frankly, tomorrow, once the election ends, mayor, it's going to take a little bit of a while for for things to shake out for for the info to come out for the for the correct info to come through. You are absolutely correct because unlike in the United States where we a little bit we've learned our lesson on that too, but you have a better track record with the polling um, what do they call them the um, exit polls. Exit polls in Israel 
I don't think they've ever been right. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just amazing. And and the answer is because Jews are such Eber Chacham and Baruch Hashem. How do, uh, how do those companies... They lie. They lie to the people on the, the exit polls. How do the, how do the um, companies stay in existence if they're never right? <laughs> because they always... <laughs> they're also Eber Chacham. They, they always have a reason to explain why it didn't work out this time. Now, you say that Mark Levin was on Hannity and he analyzed the Israel spying on the White House allegations that we spoke about on Friday. Yeah. Uh, for you to point this out and for it to make a headline in your uh, in your blurb means that uh, you must have been impressed with what he had to say. Yeah, it was. I think it's interesting to listen to him. I have also a, a, a very short clip of um, he was on Hannity's show and Hannity introduced him and he, <laughs> I don't want to give away the quote, but he had a very funny quote about Israeli elections. Um, yeah. Um, Plus, you're going to add commentary by some American Jewish groups about the whole spying episode. Yeah. Yep, yep. I have a feeling I won't like those, but okay. No. Uh, on the weekly music mix, Isha, oh, I heard this song a few minutes ago, but I'm letting you, uh, letting you, that's the wrong way of putting it. Uh, we're anxiously waiting for you to debut it just a few minutes from now. Later, Havoda. Well, that one we've done a million times yeah, already. It's I, an unbelievable yeah, song. I, deb- I think I debuted it last Monday, unless you played it already. But. No, no, no! You had done it first, but it's an amazing song. But yeah. you're you're going to debut the L O five seven seven nine song from Yishai Not Rebo. the song. No, it's that's the name of the album. Oh, okay. And we're going to play um, both Ochila and uh, he has the cover of a Kalbach song. I don't know if you got it all yet. Yeah, I think we have it now. Meloch, uh, which is really nice, also. So Plus, Yoni Ganud is in that uh, Israeli Yoni music Gennett mix. Came out with a new uh, a Slichot song as well. Yeah, a lot. It's a, it's a very it's a great time for uh, new Jewish music that has to do with the Yemim Noraim and with Sukkot and so forth. Lots of great material, a lot of interesting things, and most interesting is what's going to happen tomorrow at the polls in Israel. Mm-hmm. We shall see. Boy, Get out boy. and vote if you can. Um, I had somebody in my house this Shabbat who's allowed to vote because she officially works for El Al, so they work for the government of Israel. If you don't work to vote here. Yeah, know. if you don't work for the government, you can't vote here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, then no I, absentee ballot. Right. I forgot what the number was, but there's a lot of people that did so. And if you're listening in Israel, get out there and vote. Get out and uh, vote at least once. And uh, may the best party win, or <laughs> whatever. Well, I, I don't know that there is the best party <laughs> whatever. per se, but... Let's hope that the best party for the future of Israel wins. You know what's amazing? Think about 71 years ago. Yeah. When everything having to do with elections and policy and you know, had to do with, with establishing a state and, and a direction. And every time that you, know, you made a decision as a leader in Israel, you felt that the future of the Jewish people and the state of Israel was at stake. Right. And now... And now we're sitting and laughing about the 2019 election. It's also that, well, first of all, there's that very famous um, diary entry from uh, Haredi Rav on the first time he went to uh, vote. I, um, I think I read it just before the last election, so I, we're not going to do it again. But uh, he, he made a Shekhyanu, right? you know, as he was voting. But um, it's because the politicians have become also so cynical. Yeah, it's just the. I'm telling you, I'm watching this stuff, and I'm saying, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> and I say it for both Netanyahu and Gantz and Lapid and all of them. Are you kidding me when you say X, Y, Z, whatever? Come on. 
But unfortunately, people have short memories. Yeah. All right, on that note, <laughs> everyone enjoy the Israel show coming it's gonna up. It's going to be a great show. It's going to be a great show. Coming up at 9 o'clock this morning right here after JM and the AM on the Nahum Siegel Network. More happening here. This comes from Shragi Gestetner.
Shragi Gestetner here at the JMN Monday morning broadcast. Tomorrow's election day in Israel. Tomorrow we're on the road. We're in Teaneck, New Jersey, courtesy of Azer Mitzion. The world's largest Jewish bone marrow registry will be at Sammy's on Queen Anne Road. Join us between 6 and 9 with great guests. A whole bunch of stuff going on. Thursday, we're at Gotta Get a Bagel in Woodmere, out on Long Island. Make sure to join us for that. Tomorrow night, I uh, have the privilege of hosting the uh, Amudim Telethon. Give generously and support their incredible work. It is pretty amazing and incredible work that they do every single day. Talking more about that tomorrow. And uh, don't forget the Azer Mitzion Ball Drop. EMGolf.org slash ball drop. EMGolf.org slash ball drop. Use either the promo code Miriam or Nachum to participate in that contest. Achim of Israel and Achim Achim are brothers and sisters in Israel. We are with you as your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener sponsored digital radio. Round the world, the web, and NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network. And of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up a Monday for us here at JMNA. My thanks to Daniela Silver and all of our guests. Don't forget, Daniela's book is uh, called Variations. Go to artscroll.com. Use the promo code RADIO to save 15% and get free shipping in the USA. Promo code RADIO. Um, tomorrow we're back. We're in Teaneck, New Jersey. Join us between 6 and 9 from Sammy's in Teaneck, New Jersey, courtesy of our friends at Azer Mitzion. And have a fabulous... Monday. Till tomorrow, Nahum Sigal reminding you remember the past, live the present, and trust the future. Yeah.